You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. So. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama Sports, and Sports Director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Gary Harris Show for this Wednesday, January 10, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I got my main man, Justin Jones, right there on the other side of the glass. He's manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the first domain condominiums hotline in hour number one, the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in hour number two, 205-342-9904. And uh, we're ready to go. We're short today, guess-wise. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you, calls would be very welcome today in this first hour. We'd hope to get Andrew Bone on for the Bama Football Recruiting Report at 9.30 this morning, but he had a conflict, so a Bone not able to be with us this morning, which means our only guest is Bart Heitch, Heitch on Hoops, at 10.30 uh, this morning. So we're wide open in this first hour. Very rare for me to have an uh, entire hour with no guests, but it's just kind of the way it worked out, and I was not able to reschedule um, someone for... 9.30 this morning, so we'll have plenty to talk about. That's not an issue, but would love to hear from you. And uh, we're guest-free in this first hour, but we do have uh, we do have some Nate Oates audio from his post-game press conference yesterday that we'll get to here in hour number one. Before we go any further, I need to tell you this hour of the Gary Harris Show is brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. The help you need from the people you trust. Schedule and complete a meeting with an ACU financial coach in January Uh, That is just a really, really something special type of deal. Uh, And receive $25. Again, the help you need from the people you trust. Schedule and complete a meeting with an ACU financial coach in January and receive $25. Schedule a meeting today. Find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Or get by and see them at one of their many locations around the state of Alabama. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. As I said, high on hoops at 1030. Outside of that, we are guest-free this morning. So your phone calls, again, are welcome on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. SEC basketball, of course, on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights now that we're into um, January, always a big part of our sports menu. And that was the case last night with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I was talking to Barry, uh, Barry Sanderson between shows when... He was getting ready to leave, and I was getting ready to come in, Justin, and I know they talked about it too. Uh, What a difference a half can make. You know, you see this sometimes, not often, you know, that you see just two completely different halves by a basketball team. But we saw that last night, Justin. There's no other way around it. I thought in the first half, and I was at the TV station, I um, didn't get to watch much because we had the news and we had um, Tider Insider TV last night, but I was monitoring the game. And then, um, you know, Alabama played really poorly in that first half. There's no other way around it. In fact, we'll hear from Nate Oates, as I said a little bit later on. I think he said that it was probably the worst half of basketball they played. Uh, What was it, 31-30 at half, I want to say, Bama up by one, and they had to hit a basket there to go up by one. Uh, South Carolina had it at their pace. They, They had the game going exactly how they wanted it to go. And then in the second half, man, it was like a switch was turned on. Alabama absolutely annihilated. 74-47, and and South Carolina, I think, had six field goals in the second half. Their final two points, Alabama fouled with six-tenths of a second to go. (laughs) 
I don't I can't figure that one out, but you got to let's see, you got a, a 29 point lead, but let's foul the guy with six tenths of a second. And that allowed two free throws uh, to make it as close as it was 74 47. So um, I don't know if it was, you know, the South Carolina players mouthing off about the SEC's not ready for us because uh, Oates addressed that in the postgame press conference as well, or the fact that Alabama just locked down. And, you know, what was really interesting is, um, yeah, offensively, they got to go in the second half, too. But defensively, man, they just – that's the question on this team. I don't think I don't think anyone questions their ability to play offense. I do think they question their ability to play um, defense. But in the second half, they locked it down. Of course, South Carolina is not a great offensive team. I mean, just being honest with you. But really impressed with uh, Alabama in that second half. And like Oates said afterwards, if Alabama plays like that, like they did in the second half, they can, you know, they're one of the best teams in the country. The problem is if they play like they played in the first half, they're not one of the best teams in the country. <laughs> it's, you know, but here, let me say this too. Um, they did this last night with Grant Nelson having zero points, three rebounds, and two assists. Now, that's got to change. Grant, Grant Nelson has got to play better than that. He has not been playing well as of late, but last night, you know, zero points, three rebounds, and two assists. Man, it's got to be. It's got to be better than that. It's got to be better than that. But I tell you what, Mark Sears right now is a grown man. He's not one of the taller players on the on the court, but he's one of the toughest. He's one of the most physical, and he just uh, he can light you up. Thirty-one points, six rebounds, three assists last night. Estrada seventeen seven and two. Uh, Pringle got the start with um, with um um. Help me out. Wagi. Wagi out with a foot. And um, Pringle got the start. Three points, four rebounds, two assists, but played great defense inside. Really made his presence felt. And I know this has been talked about. Mo Diabate just played 10 minutes, but three points, six rebounds, and an assist. He gave them some crucial points and rebounds and toughness off the bench. So Alabama now 2-0 and in the SEC. Uh, that's the way you want to start out. I talked about it yesterday. It's important to uh, win three of these first four because then the schedule gets tougher, if not win all four. Now they go to Mississippi State Saturday night, and I think that's a game Alabama can win. 10-5 and five overall, 2-0 and oh in the SEC. And you see the difference in schedules. Um, Alabama, you know, had five losses in the non-conference. South Carolina only had one. But South Carolina outside, you know, they didn't play anybody. I mean, they played Clemson and got beat. But they're, you know, you see, you see what how you can manipulate a schedule to get a better record. Alabama clearly better than South Carolina. All right, let's jump out on the uh, first domain condominiums hotline and talk with Robert over in Birmingham. Hey, Robert, what's up, man? Hey, buddy, you said you needed a phone call, so here I am. Yes, um, sir. Hope you're doing Thank well. you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking under the weather, but I, I can't shake this uh, California cold. Hey, uh, re- regarding Bama hoops, um, I think we're heading to the same deal, man. We're we're gonna get the tournament probably. Five or six, seven seed, which is great. You know, we couldn't even count on that years ago. Um, but when we face a last night, if that team could score, I, I, we're, we're, we're so dependent on the three point shot, so dependent. First half we didn't hit, second half we did. And I, I just, and, and when you play a quality team that plays good defense that can score, you know, we're going to be out. It's, it's so it's not, it's not, it's not anybody's fault. It's just, it's, it's not a Final Four team. And um, that's what we're all wanting to get to, wanting to get a Sweet 16. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not a negative. It's just we're so dependent on the three-point shot, and we don't have a transitional player like we had last year. Um, it, what it is, I, I really call it about football, man. 
Um, I'm not, I'll cheer for the basketball team. It's, it is it is what it is. It's the, we're just, we don't play inside out. And uh, if you don't hit your three-pointers and you play a team that plays good defense that can score 75, 80 points and you're not hitting that night, you lose. You know, So it is what it is. All right, football. What does Saban always say? Don't waste a failure. And I, I, I listened to your podcast last night. I was going to bed. And you said the, Mil, the Milrow people are, are, are back out. But the, the things, I've, I've watched the game three times. And the thing I can't get past, it's kind of a three-headed thing. Um, we got out coached the first half. I think you will agree to that. We got we got out schemed the first half. The first half, and like when they were bringing five people, we knew they were bringing five people, and we still couldn't block it. Um, so it's like the, the offensive line coach, I, 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 he totally all the all the goodwill they built going forward, they, he lost it in that one game, man. They they, they were awful, and we, we we didn't adjust anything. We were very slow to adjust. And then the offensive creativity, we were creative against Georgia. He didn't build off that creativity. Those Reese didn't. Those plays he ran to run out the clock, he didn't like kind of take that. In the, you know, layering an offense is a, is a step-by-step process, and you keep adjusting. Look at the NFL. They adjust every week. He didn't adjust anything after we beat Georgia. And you know, Milrow, he can take a step, but is the step going to be a, good enough to win a national championship next year? The team is going to be loaded you know, with, the, with the portal and with everything that the, their teams come and go as far as when they're really ready to compete. Next year, this team should be ready for, to, to make the Final Four and, and hopefully win, win the whole damn thing. But uh, the O-line, the offensive coordinator, and J- I'm not jumping on J- Jalen. Says, can he take a huge two steps and really be able to read an offense, read a defense? Will he be able to slide the offensive line left or right? The nuances of being a quarterback that he does not possess right now. Uh, those three things address those. Great to hear from you. Hopefully see you in the game soon. All right. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, as far as uh, not wasting a failure, I think that is Nick Saban's motto always in regards to, um, you know, coming back. Of course, you know, it's two different ways to look at it. If you say you didn't win the college football playoff last year or this year and, and you come back next year and you don't win it, I mean – I guess you technically have wasted a failure because you failed to win the national championship. They failed to do that now three years in a row. So uh, as far as this team's potential for next season, I like it a lot, Robert. I think that Alabama has a team that, uh, uh, you know, is going to be preseason top three or four in the country, obviously. I think number two. Uh, I think, you know, some of the initial polls that have come out have have Georgia one and Alabama two. Uh, I think Milrow is is going to have a terrific year. I, I think he had a really good year this past year. He didn't play his best in the national championship college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl, uh, but a lot, of, a lot of that had to do with Michigan's defense. I think we've seen how good Michigan's defense is. It's the best in the country and what they were able to do against Penix uh, for Washington. So uh, they can they can slow some quarterbacks down. So as far as the coaching is concerned, um, you know, I thought Tommy Reese really hit his stride um, you know, after those first three games, you know, once they got through South Florida and installed uh, Milrow as the starting quarterback and, and Reese knew that was going to be the guy, I thought the offense really, really worked well and uh, really had a good year. Uh, again, I, I want to give Michigan a lot of credit. I, I don't want to be as hard on Tommy Reese as um, as I do want to give Michigan's defense credit. I, you know, could Alabama's plan been better? Yeah, could have been. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think you're right, Robert. I think uh, defensively, um, in the first half, Michigan had, you know, they had their way as far as, uh, you know, you take away the the muff punt, which led to McClellan's touchdown run. Alabama's offense didn't didn't do a lot in the first half against Michigan. But, you know, made some adjustments in the second half, played a lot better. Um, I like Reese. I think that uh, he's a young um 
offensive coordinator, only 32 years old, but has a lot of experience, and I think he's going to be fine. Obviously, defensively, uh, Alabama's got to get a defensive coordinator for the retiring Kevin Steele. I still kind of, my gut just kind of tells me Traveris Robinson is going to get that uh, position at least, you know, some entitled. They may have a kind of co-defense coordinator, which might have been what they had this past year when you talk to people about how Steele and T-Rob work together. So, uh I just think Alabama's got, you know, everything that it needs to win a national championship next season. And whether or not they'll win it, we don't know. We'll have to play it out. Only one team can win it. And Georgia feels that way, and I'm sure Ohio State feels that way. And I'm sure there are other teams that feel like, uh, you know, maybe Oregon, Washington, maybe even Michigan, although I think Michigan loses quite a bit, that, you know, they're good enough to win the national championship. Only one team is going to do it. But I certainly think uh, Alabama is going to be in the mix. And, um, you know, as far as what I said yesterday about Jalen Milrow, that's just predictable. That's just the way it's going to be. There are going to be some that – no matter what he does, they're not really going to accept him as a quarterback. I think we've seen that. Uh, you know, when he was rolling, you know, people kind of had to take a little back burner approach. But already I've seen it all over social media from people that, you know, he can't he can't do this or he can't do that or he can't do this. Yet you look up and Justin, he's leading the odds for the Heisman next year. So a lot of people think he can do some things. But um, I think this Alabama team is going to be really, really good in 2024. All right, let's get one more phone call in before we hit the break. Philip is with us this morning. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Gary. I was with you on the, on the game last night. I thought that Alabama, you know, played much better as the game went along. And, uh, and, and Grant, I think, is just really overwhelmed right now with the, with the talent discrepancy that – He's seeing that versus what he saw at, at North Dakota. I think that's got to be it. Um, yeah, hang on. I, I, my phone, I, you know, I'm always getting texts when I'm trying to talk. Run that past me again one more time, Philip, about Grant Nelson. I, I think I think right now you're just seeing a, a player that's overwhelmed overwhelmed a bit by the competition versus what he is accustomed to. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree and I don't agree. Uh, I certainly think that uh, he's a talented player. I probably, you know, was a little ambitious uh, in regards to what I thought he could do this year for Alabama with what I said preseason. You know, I was talking about, you know, averaging 20 and 10 at one time. And then I was like, nah, but mm-hmm. I think he can average, you know, like 15 and 8. Uh, you know, yeah. listen, uh, what – I, he had a bad game last night. He's hit a bad stretch. I'll give you that. But he had some really big games in the pre-conference schedule against terrific competition. So I don't know that he's overwhelmed. Um, now, does he need to play better? Yeah, 24 minutes, 0 for 3 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3, uh, 3 rebounds, uh, 2 assists, a turnover, a block, and a steal. <clears throat> yeah, just three three rebounds. All defensively, yep. yeah, that, that's not going to get it. That's not good enough. Uh, and even the fact that he didn't shoot it much, I mean, that tells you right there that he's lacking confidence because, um, you know, he's not making shots. So then last night he just really didn't even shoot that much. But I, I think he'll, I think he'll bounce back. I think he's just too talented, Philip. I, I think he's hit a, I think he's hit a lull. I think he's hit a slump, if that's what you want to call it. But I don't think he's overwhelmed. But yes, uh, the competition he's seeing night in and night out is it better than what he saw at North Dakota State? Yeah, it is. And, you know, you're right. It's probably impacted him some. But I think he's a good player. I, I, I think he's I think he's going to get through this. But right now he's struggling. Well, he needs to come around because right now we're so uh, dependent on, on Sears to, to, to do the scoring load. And, and he's, he's living up to that. But it won't, it's, uh, a night's going to come where, where Mark's off. And and some other guys are going to have to step up, and and he's the guy that's got to start stepping up. 
Yeah, he's one of them. Uh, Aaron Strada had a good game last night. 17 points, mm-hmm. um, seven rebounds, two assists. Uh, so you got 48 between Sears and Estrada, and uh, that's a good night. But after that, you're right. Man, he didn't get much help. They, they carried the load. Griffin had five. Pringle had three. Um, Nelson, as we said, didn't score. Sam Walters had six off the bench. Reitzel, uh, Stevenson, Diabate, Cosby all had three. Uh, Cosby, of course, only got in there late in the game. But uh, you didn't have Wagi last night with a foot injury. Don't know what his status is for Saturday night. Not that he's a huge scorer, but, you know, they miss him inside. But it was a good opportunity last night for Pringle to get the start and kind of reestablish uh, the fact that he is, you know, he can help you. He's a, he's an athletic, quick jumper. Uh, you know, defensively, I thought he impacted the game last night. So, uh, Wagi being out might have opened the door for Pringle to kind of regain his confidence. And and now, like you said, you got to get Grant Nelson playing better than this. I mean, that's uh, um, you know, he didn't play great at Vanderbilt, but last night was yeah, that was a, that was a terrible game. I, I never envisioned that Grant Nelson could play twenty nine minutes in a game and not score, but mm. he didn't. <laughs> twenty four yeah, minutes. Yeah, I'm sorry, twenty four minutes. Did you get to see the, uh, any of the Auburn game last night? I had it on on the TV and sports office. Very little. I, I saw, you know, when A&M um, came back and took the lead, and after that it looked like Auburn just shut them down a little bit. But uh, So I didn't get to watch much of it, no. Well, they did. But Auburn is the type of team, I think if, 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 if anybody, if any team can come out and hit some threes against them and, and get kind of hot, I think Auburn would have a would have a little trouble recovering. Uh, they're not a just this unbelievably um, explosive offensive team. They're very uh, they're pretty deliberate, and you know they pass the ball quite a bit and do a lot of dribbling. Um, they're patient, but I think if I think if a team could come out. And, and get hot on them. I think it'd be tough for Auburn to, to recover. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think they're a great offensive team. Now they're good defensively, and uh, you know they're they're a physical team. Uh, you know they're and they're you know a team that can pound it down low. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're a real explosive offensive team. I, and I think you're right. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a hot shooting night from a team that's good offensively, uh, like in Alabama, uh, like in Kentucky. Um, you know, you've got a chance to uh, you got a chance to to beat them. They're but they're a really mm-hmm. tough, hard nosed, experienced team. But I'm with you. I don't think they're a team that you know offensively is just going to overwhelm you shooting the basketball. I mean, they won that game last night with defense. Like I said, I think A and M came back and you know took a lead and and down the stretch. I don't think you know. I don't think I don't. Did A and M even score in the last you know seven or eight minutes they, of the game? They, they were horrific. They were horrific, and uh, they hit some foul shots. That was it. And uh, they turned. They made some horrendous turnovers, mm-hmm. just back-breaking turnovers, like uh, coming over the end line, throwing the ball in and stuff like that. But, uh, but you know, Auburn is – they're good and they're good at home. But that was a game last night where, where a team that didn't make turnovers like that and had a little bit of a scoring ability – could have beaten Auburn last night. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and a and is not a great offensive team either. Now, I will say this. A lot of that has to do with Auburn's defense. You know, Auburn's a good a good sure. defensive team. But, yeah, I think Auburn's a good team. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't – yeah, I don't look at them and say, well, they're, you know, unbeatable. I, I, I do right now put them in the top tier. I got it to Tennessee, Kentucky, and Auburn in that top tier. And Alabama among a group of teams in the next tier. But, but certainly, uh, if Alabama – Plays like they played in the second half last night. If they can guard you like that, we know they can score. 
Uh, clearly, you need more from Nelson. But Alabama can beat anybody in this league. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Alabama is talented enough um, to have a chance to compete for this SEC championship. But I do think they've got some flaws, too, um, you know, mainly defensively. But last night against another team in South Carolina, it's not a great offensive team. But in the second half, Alabama's defense was was really, really, really good. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch them Saturday night on the road at Mississippi State because that's a winnable game for Alabama. That's a game. If you it win is, that one. It is, it's winnable. Man, they gave us a tough time last year, both games. Yeah, no doubt about it. But uh, but it's still it's a winnable game for Alabama, so we'll see. Hey, great stuff, Philip. Thank you, Thank you. 922, let's get to the break. Come back. And uh, as I said, this first hour, we are wide open. We're going to continue to discuss SEC basketball. Also, I'm going to get into some discussion on Alabama football. And the coaches poll is now out. Um, Justin, and I don't know if you've seen this, but no surprise that a couple of former Auburn coaches did not think very much of uh, Alabama's season in regards to how they voted him in the final poll. You'll want to hear this. Uh, the Alabama-Auburn rivalry lives even after uh, Auburn coaches are coaching other places. Uh, a couple of their, their coaches voted Alabama lower than anybody else. And there's still some head scratchers how some people could think that Alabama wasn't a top-five team in the country. <laughs> but... Um, when you see how some of these guys voted, particularly these two former Auburn coaches, you'll uh, you'll see why Alabama is also number five in uh, the coaches' poll. We'll be back with that right after this. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9, brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Kaneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947 and the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at KanekaSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Monday's edition of Hey Coach, presented by Alpha Insurance, we were joined at Baumhauer's Victory Grill by gymnastics head coach Ashley Johnston. We have an exciting matchup on Friday. Not only is it our first home meet, um, but like you said, you know, it's Big Al's birthday, so it's always a really fun event for families and kids to be able to come out. Um, we've also expanded our student section this year. And right. so those, those of our fans that have been to men's basketball before, the student section is going to look the same as that. And so we're really hoping to create just high energy, a really exciting atmosphere. We've always done that for years and years. I think it's what our program has been known for, um, but we're looking to even crank that up a notch. And so I encourage our fans, our supporters to buy their tickets. They can go to RollTide.com for that um, and fill the stands. You know, last year we were able to sell out Coleman Coliseum. I'll have more in a moment. Favorite jeans, favorite shirt. I can make a sausage and I'm firing it up. Yeah, everybody knows how I get my grill on. You can smell that flavor up and down the road. It's a little taste of heaven. Everybody knows. It's how I get my grill on. Kanaka sausage. It's just a little taste of heaven. Join us on Thursday for Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR. Streaming live at 2 p.m. Central on all CTSN social media platforms. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Kaneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Hi. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine today, the high close to 50 degrees. Clear tonight, the low 35. Tomorrow, partially sunny and warmer, the high 59. Friday, cloudy and windy with rain and thunderstorms. Storms on Friday could be severe, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 37 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 927. Welcome back into The Gary Harris Show. And uh, appreciate those phone calls in the first segment. I went way over, so I'm going to get us back on time here in this block. Uh, So I'm going to hold the... Final rankings of the USA Today uh, coaches poll. Alabama finished fifth, uh, just like they did in the AP poll. But all the coaches have to make their ballots public. And, um, you know, I, I just some quick thoughts before our next, next segment I'll really get into it. But it's funny how all we heard all year about Texas and Alabama, what did we hear? Oh, head-to-head matters. Head-to-head matters. Head-to-head matters. Head-to-head matters. Didn't matter if it was in September. Head-to-head matters. Can't put Alabama ahead of Texas because head-to-head. Well, nobody had it. A lot of these coaches didn't have a problem putting Georgia ahead of Alabama, I'll tell you that. <laughs> head-to-head didn't seem to matter too much. Uh, the fact that they played in December in Atlanta for the SEC championship and Alabama won it outright. But a lot of these coaches didn't have a problem putting um, Georgia ahead of Alabama. So I guess head-to-head matters uh, when it fits your agenda. But regardless, Alabama finished fifth in the AP poll. Another top five finish for Nick Saban in Alabama, fifth in the coaches poll. But like I said, a couple former Auburn coaches had Alabama lower than than anybody else. Not not a surprise. All right, before we get to the break, though, uh, SEC men's basketball last night, in addition to Alabama beating South Carolina 74-47 and Auburn taking down A&M 66-55. Kentucky over Missouri 90-77 in Lexington and LSU against Vanderbilt down in Baton Rouge. LSU's 2-0, by the way. That's a little bit of a surprise. They won at A&M Saturday. They went home last night over Vandy. Vandy a lot like in the Alabama game. They just wouldn't go away, but LSU wins at 77-69. So those were your four games from last night. And then you got some more games, of course, coming up tonight on the schedule in the SEC. Number five, Tennessee at Mississippi State on the SEC Network. You've got, uh, that's at 6 o'clock Central. You've got Arkansas at Georgia. Barry was talking about this one. Eight Central, so they're playing 9 o'clock Eastern. That is late if you're, you know, over in Atlanta to go up to Athens to watch a game too late. But again, TV doesn't care. Same thing, um... In Oxford, but it's central time, uh, 8 o'clock tip there. Uh, the Arkansas-Georgia games on ESPNU and Ole Miss in Florida at 8 p.m. Central is on the SEC Network. So those are your three games tonight. All right, it's 9.30. We'll get to the break. When we come back, I'm going to dive full speed ahead into these coaches' poll rankings and, uh, you know, kind of go over the different coaches that voted Alabama low. And uh, there was there were a number that voted Alabama number three as well. But uh, most people in the poll put Georgia ahead of Alabama and Texas. That's why they're fifth overall. And then, like I said, a couple former Auburn coaches, uh, one in particular, I don't think, uh, I, I think Alabama will always stick in his crawl. We'll have that coming up next right here on the Gary Hare Show. 
As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Stay up to date with the Crimson Tide. Local high school sports and Bama in the pros right here. On Tide 100.9. 933, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones. All right, Justin, we're going to get it. I didn't spend a lot of time on the AP poll uh, because, you know, most of those guys don't know what they're talking about anyway. But the coaches poll... Uh, you know, even if they don't get to watch all the, the the teams and all the games, and let's be honest, coaches are coaching their own teams, but still they're coaches. So uh, it carries more weight. Alabama finishing fifth in the coaches' poll behind Georgia, behind Texas, just like in the uh, AP poll. But the coaches have to release their ballots. And, and now Butch Jones, just the opposite. Butch Jones... Number two, <laughs> he, he, he knows what Nick Saban has done for him. And, well, he, uh, he even came down out to California, I think. Yeah, he did. He did. So he might have overranked Alabama a little bit. But and he, and Hugh Freeze, listen, I think Hugh Freeze put Alabama right where they should have been. He put them at number four, uh, ahead of ahead of Georgia. But a lot of coaches had Georgia ahead of Alabama. I would have voted. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, my bias is kicking in. I would have voted Alabama three. I said that yesterday. I would have voted Michigan one, Washington two, Bama three, Texas four, Georgia five. But a lot of these coaches put Georgia ahead of Alabama. Obviously, that's how Georgia finished ahead. But here, uh, Freeze had Alabama at four ahead of Georgia. So, and he played them both. But two former Auburn coaches, including one that had Alabama lower than any other coach. It won't surprise you. Gus Malzahn. The fighting Gus Malzahns. He just can't get Alabama out of his crawl. He had Alabama number eight behind Missouri and Oregon. <laughs> and that, I'm not saying they're not good teams, but how in any poll can you take Missouri and Oregon and put them ahead of the team that went 9-0, and beat Georgia for the SEC championship, and took Michigan to overtime in the college football playoff? If you're going to tell me his, 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 his Bama uh, bias isn't seeping in there, and the other one, Going way, way back in the list of former Auburn coaches. I've had him on this program. He's a great guy. Terry Bowden voted Alabama number seven. So how, 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 you you know, bias can seep in at every, you know, Butch Jones, give Butch credit. He probably put Alabama a little higher than they should have been at number two. But Gus Malzahn, seriously, you voted, you voted Alabama number eight? Come on, dude. And Bowden, you voted him seventh. Come on, man. Here's Gus Malzahn's ballot. 
Michigan 1, Washington 2, Georgia 3, Florida State 4, Texas 5, Missouri 6, Oregon 7, Alabama 8. Alabama 8. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, the only thing that matters is the national championship. But if, if I guess top five finishes matter, and Alabama got a top five finish, but what if that number eight vote had cost Alabama a top five finish on a year in which they won the SEC and went to the college football playoff? That would that would have stunk. I'm trying to find Bowden's entire um, ballot. I'm going through them all one at a time. Napier had Alabama four. And Napier had Georgia two. Michigan one, Georgia two, Washington three, Bama four, Texas five. Um, just going through all these coaches one at a time. Most of them are kind of pretty much in line. Um, you know what's wild? <laughs> Is that, you know, you won the national championship. There's no dispute there. But I guess you could still you could still vote. I mean, the AP, what if somebody voted? <laughs> somebody other than Michigan number one. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, what if, what if, uh, I mean, not that, that nobody did, but wouldn't that be, of course, they might pull your vote, but what if, uh, what if you just said, well, you know, I think Florida State got reamed, and I think they'd been, I think if they'd have made the playoff and had their roster, they'd have won the national championship, so I'm going to vote them number one. So, something about these voters, I, I go back to um, the Heisman voting when, Will Anderson was left out of the top four. It just doesn't make yeah. sense sometimes. It's crazy. It can be. Saban, if you're wondering, I, now listen, this surprises me a little bit. So I guess he values head-to-head more than a lot of the other coaches. He went Michigan 1, Washington 2, Texas 3. I thought I thought Saban would have voted Alabama 3 and Texas 4, but he went ahead and t- put Texas up there. I guess... Uh, because they beat Alabama, then Georgia 5, Oregon 6, Missouri 7, Florida State 8, Ole Miss 9, and Ohio State 10. Rest of Saban's ballot, LSU 11, Arizona 12, Penn State 13, Notre Dame 14, Oklahoma State 15, Oklahoma 16, Tennessee 17, Clemson 18, Louisville 19, North Carolina State 20, Kansas State 21, Oregon State 22, SMU 23, 24, Iowa, and Liberty 25. That's the rest of Nick Saban's ballot. I'm trying to get to uh, yeah, Kirby Smart, if you're wondering. Give Kirby Smart credit. How about this? How about this? He values head-to-head, too. Kirby Smart voted Michigan 1, Washington 2, Texas 3, Bama 4, Georgia 5. So he he stood by the fact that Alabama beat Georgia. You got to give Kirby Smart credit for that. He's, and, uh, he's unlike his fan base who thinks that oh, they the, should be number, number one. one. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, he still finished ahead of Alabama. Give Kirby credit for vote, voting uh, Alabama ahead of Georgia because he didn't, you know, he could have he could have put them on up there. Um, Mark Stoops of Kentucky, he had Michigan, Washington, Georgia, Texas, Alabama. The Troy coach, John Summerall, who now, of course, is, you know, at, um, let's see here. Hold on just a second. I'm still I still can't find Bowden. I'm sorry I'm going through this, but I figured you find you folks would find it uh, uh, find it interesting. But Summerall, coach of Troy, now of course at Tulane, <clears throat> but still listed as a Troy coach for the voting purposes. Michigan one, Washington two, Texas three, Alabama four, Georgia five. He coached at Troy, so I figured he better he figured. And Lance Taylor, former Bama player, and now a head coach at Western Michigan. Michigan one, Washington two, Texas three, Bama four, Georgia five. Let's see. Jeff Tedford for Fresno State had Bama three. Let's see here. Kyle Whittingham at, at, at Utah. This won't surprise you either. 
because he's I've always felt like he had a kind of a chip on his shoulder for you know when he was assistant to uh Urban Meyer you know um he took over and then you know Utah of course blitzed Alabama in that Sugar Bowl uh when Kyle Whittingham had taken over the Utah program uh after the 2008 season he had Bama down at 7 as well he had Bama 7 behind Ole Miss <laughs> how about that one He's got he's got Bama behind Ole Miss. Not that Ole Miss wasn't a good team, but seriously, you're gonna put him, put him ahead of you're gonna put him ahead of Alabama. Like you were just saying, Gary, the the big deal during the season was regular season games need to matter. Well, the coaches are telling us they don't. At least some of the coaches yeah. are telling us that they don't. It's well, uh, it, it, again, it's your, your agenda. All we heard all year was you can no way you can put Alabama ahead of Texas. Because Texas went into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. So no way, you know, no way you can do it, even though that was in September. But all of a sudden, Alabama beats Georgia in December, and people don't have any problem putting Georgia ahead of Alabama. So head-to-head is a a factor, but it's not the only factor. But I think, again, uh, and, you know, and I'm biased in the other direction. I get that. But I think, again, and I can't find Bowden's ballot, uh, his entire ballot, I've been looking for it, but I missed it. But anyway, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Bowden. Bowden went uh, Michigan 1, Washington 2, Georgia 3, Oregon 4, Missouri 5, Ole Miss 6, Alabama 7. So he put, he rated Alabama as the fourth best team in the Southeastern Conference. Are you kidding me? And he had Texas down at 8. Another thing, hearing these coaches' polls, why is Oregon always seemingly so overvalued? Like, they, they lose to Washington in the first game, but then they're the favorites in the next one. Washington beats them again. They're, they're a good team, but what have they shown other than they can beat Pac-12 teams? Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, everybody's got an opinion, and bias always going to come into play. But if you voted Missouri and Ole Miss ahead of Alabama in your final poll to go along with Georgia – <clears throat> I, you can't tell me they're in a little anti-Alabama bias with Malzahn and, and Bowden having both coached at Auburn. But like I said, I give Freeze credit for putting Alabama at four. I give Kirby credit for putting Alabama at four. Of course, they're still in the league, and they still have to play against Alabama every year, too. You know, Malzahn down at Central Florida won't play against Alabama unless probably in a, in a playoff game, and Bowden is out at, at he's not even the coach anymore at Louisiana Monroe. He got fired at the end of the season. So, um but I thought that was very interesting. And then, of course, Winningham, too, putting Alabama down at seven. <clears throat> you know, if you wanted to put Alabama at five, I, I I think that's wrong. I don't think you should put Alabama behind Georgia. But if you did, um, okay. I, I mean, I still can, I can still see your case for that. But to put Alabama behind Missouri and Ole Miss and Oregon, teams like that, are you, you – Kidding me? No, they're not kidding me because that's the way they voted it. All right, uh, 943 here on the Gary Harris Show. And um, again, you know, if you're Alabama, you don't win the national championship, and you came up short of your goal, let's be honest. So again, it doesn't really matter. These final polls don't matter that much other than I do think it matters finishing in the top five i do i think that i think that matters they finished fifth last year uh finished fifth this year uh so i think finishing in the top five is always noteworthy and alabama's got a ton of top five finishes in fact i can only think of 
three times for sure that they finished outside the top five under Saban. That would be 07, obviously, uh, 2010. And I think 2019, Justin, you might have to check that one. I think in 2019, Alabama finished outside the, the top five. Pretty sure they did. I mean, they blew out Michigan in the bowl game, but they had lost to, um, you know, they lost to LSU and they lost to uh, Auburn. Um, so I think they might have finished out the top five three times in Saban's 17 years as coach. All right, let's get a phone call in before we have to get to the break. Uh, Jim is with us on the first and main kind of minimums hotline. Hey, Jim. Hey, I think, you know, a couple instances where, well, at least one instance where you could vote someone other than the national champ or the supposedly, you know, the national champion behind someone else or at least tie would be like in 96 when Florida State undefeated beat undefeated Florida the last game of the year. Then they had to turn around and beat them. Yeah, the you're right. Yeah, them. of course that was pre so, pre BCS yeah. and college football playoff before you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I I'm, you're you're right. Florida State had handled Florida in the final game of the regular season, and and then you're right, Jim. Uh, and then after the conference championship games, uh, Florida got another crack at them and beat them. So yeah, you could you could have made a case, I guess, if you were a uh, Florida State guy. So yeah, and, yeah. and the other case would be this. This wouldn't be the same case because Alabama actually had a loss against Georgia a few years ago when they beat them in the SEC, but they lost them in the national championship game. But if they was both undefeated in the SEC championship game. And Alabama, you know, won, and then had to turn around and beat them twice to be national champions. Yet Georgia only has to beat them once. Mm-hmm. That's a case where at the final poll, you could actually at least, you know, maybe both code champions. You know, yeah, yeah. Both. Of course, now, like yeah. I said, with the playoff and, and and even since the BCS, nobody is going to bucket. Nobody's going to vote against the team that actually won it on the field. But yeah, going back to the days uh, when it was. Um, you know, settled by the voters back in the bowl day, game days. Of course, then you remember, Jimmy had tons of controversy. In 77, um, when Alabama had lost uh, uh, one game during the regular season and then pounded Ohio State, uh, a lot of people felt like, in one and two lost, a lot of people felt like Alabama should have won the national championship. But remember, Notre Dame jumped from number five to number one after winning the Cotton Bowl. And, of course, in 66, Alabama had won it in 64 and 65. And in 66, went undefeated. And 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 uh, Notre Dame and uh, Michigan State tied. And um, Alabama didn't win the national championship. So there was a lot of controversy back in those days. But Yeah, but, yeah. if you remember this, and maybe I'll talk to her because I can't listen to you all the time. And all, but going back to Florida State, remember in 93, the last game of the year, or next to the last game of the year, Notre Dame beat Florida State. They both undefeated. Mm-hmm. And then following week, the last game of the year, Notre Dame lost to Boston College. Well, the AP or whoever voted put Florida State number two to give them a shot to win the national championship against Nebraska, and they did. Mm-hmm. But you probably didn't have any FSU fans complaining about head-to-head competition. Oh, no, then, listen. Like, it, yeah, you know, you only complain when it doesn't go your way. You know that. I mean, there's, there's, there's instances where um, – you know, there are teams that benefited from from voting, and then when it goes against them, as I said before, Jim, and again, I I, I have some bias because I cover Alabama, so I admit that. But I, I do think that when Alabama's involved, because of the way that you know this run under Saban has gone, I, I do think people double down. It's like you know, and you know this is true because we've discussed it. 
all year, all I heard was there's no way you can rank Alabama ahead of Texas. No way. No way. Because head-to-head's got to matter. You know, head-to-head's got to matter. So, you know, that was a game in September. But that's all we heard, you know. Because I really thought Alabama should have been three. Uh, been the three seed in the playoff and been playing Washington down in New Orleans. And I thought Texas would be the four seed. But they weren't going to put. But then as soon as Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, huge stakes late in the year, people didn't have any problem putting Georgia ahead of Alabama. So, you know, head-to-head matters until it doesn't matter. And what I mean by that, it matters when it fits your agenda and when it doesn't fit your agenda. And I know people will say, well, Alabama had two losses. Yeah, because Alabama had to play Michigan. Georgia got to play a Florida State team that was decimated. So, you know, head-to-head matters, but it shouldn't be the only criteria. But when it came to Alabama and Texas, did you ever hear anybody say Alabama should be ahead of Texas? I don't think you did. I don't think I did. No. All right, man. I got you. Probably hear my dog barking. I got company. I'm All right, Jim. Appreciate the phone call, buddy. All right, bye-bye. All right, 949 here on the Gary Harris Show. We're going to get to the break. We'll come back and wrap up this first hour. Good calls. I appreciate it, too, because, like I said, we were guest-free, and we'll still have plenty of time for calls. We don't have another guest until uh, Bart Heights at 1030, but I'm enjoying going through the – I enjoyed going through those coaches voting, and and I'm also, you know, looking at – and I'm going to do this, too, probably in the second hour – or maybe even when we come back on the other side, if I have time, you know, the, the, the championships that Saban has won, but also the championships that he could have won. I mean, just like Bryant. I mean, it wasn't like it was just you, you won six uh, at Alabama and Bryant won six at Alabama, and those were the only six opportunities they had to win. They had other opportunities. You know, Bryant could have easily won eight or nine or possibly ten. Same thing with Saban. And I'll kind of run down the, the, the teams that didn't win them. So, you know, it's it's amazing how many times Alabama has been in contention and didn't win them. And, you know, you think about the ones that they won, but what about the ones that they didn't win? Uh, I'll jump in on that a little bit next on here on the Gary Harris Show. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m., the Martin Houston Show. Join us tomorrow for a recruiting edition of the Martin Houston Show. We'll also continue the conversation as we evaluate this 2023 moving into the 2024 Alabama football team. We'll look at some KPIs. We'll also have some true false. We'll have those conversations and more. And most of all, we want to invite you to get in on the conversation at 205-342-9904, the Alabama One Hotline, or post your thoughts, comments, questions, and ideas into the chat. We'll be looking for you tomorrow on the Martin Houston Show, powered by Max Sports on Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, Remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine today. The high close to 50 degrees. Clear tonight below 35. Tomorrow, partially sunny and warmer. The high 59. Friday, cloudy and windy with rain and thunderstorms. Storms on Friday could be severe. The high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 38 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Goal line in, touchdown, Alabama. On your 
for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 9.54 here on the Gary Harris Show this hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. And um, probably going to have to save most of this for the second hour. But uh, I'm going to get into the the obviously the championships that Alabama won under Saban and Bryant, but the ones that they didn't win. And, of course, that's part of it. You know, you, you know, Georgia didn't win it this year. And, you know, they had a great team. And they were undefeated. But, again, the 77 season kind of is, is one that, you know, Alabama was third in the final polls going into the bowl games, only just one loss to Nebraska. And Texas was number one, and, and Notre Dame, number five, Notre Dame did beat Texas. And Oklahoma lost as well, but Alabama blew out Ohio State, and, and you would think that Alabama would have moved up to number one, but they jumped Notre Dame over Alabama, and no, no, jumped Notre Dame from fifth to first after they beat Texas in, in 77. Of course, Bryant won it in 61, 64, 65, as we said, went undefeated in 66 and didn't win it. In 71, um, had a team that played for the national championship and got beat by Nebraska. In 72, got uh, Pump Bama punted, <laughs> you know, and uh, those were those were two really good teams. And, of course, 73, like the run Saban had. Uh, Brian had national championship caliber teams really throughout the 70s, uh, other than 70 and 76. Every other team he had was a national championship caliber team. Uh, 73, you know, of course, they won it in the UPI poll, coaches poll, but lost uh, the AP poll after they lost to Notre Dame 24-23. Uh, then in 74, they lost 13-11 in Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl, didn't win it. 75, one loss. In that season, uh, 76, they had a three-loss team, you know, rare kind of setback year. But 77, uh, finished second. 78 won it. 79 won it. Uh, same thing with Saban. You know, 2008, lost to Florida in the SEC championship game. They were 12-0. and Had there been a 14 playoff, Alabama would have been in it. 2009, they won it. 2011, they won it. 2012, they won it. 2013, they got kicked sixth. 2014, they lost to Ohio State in the semifinal, first college football playoff. 2015, they won it. 2016, uh, 14-0 and lost in the literally the final couple of seconds against Clemson. 2017, they won it. 2018, they played for it, lost to Clemson again. 2019, didn't make the playoff. 2020, they won it. 2021, they lost to Georgia in the national championship game. 2022, uh, just two losses, but didn't make the playoff. And, of course, this year they lost to um, Michigan in the semifinals. So you could make a case that Bryant could have won eight or nine or ten championships, and the same thing for Saban. Both have won six at Alabama. Of course, Saban's won seven overall. But you don't win them all. But just continuing to put yourself in position to be there is an amazing, amazing uh, fact about Alabama football. And of course you had installings, you know, one in 92 and, uh, you know, was 11 and 0 in 94 and lost to Florida 24, 23 in the, um, SEC championship game. And of course, obviously Frank Thomas won a national championship, Wallace Wade. So, uh, the, the Alabama standard is unlike any other in the country when it comes to winning these national championships. I can tell you that. All right, that's going to close it out for hour number one. Hour number two, we've got uh, Bart Heights on hoops coming up at 1030. More of your phone calls, and uh, we've got another hour coming up right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC.
2011, Billy's Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Th- WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. After the reported blow-up between Giants head coach Brian Tabal and defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, NFL media reports today that the Giants have not begun a search for a new defensive coordinator, and they do not plan to. They want Martindale to be their D.C. moving forward. The Browns have designated safety Grant Delpit to return from injured reserve, a chance he could play in the playoff opener on Saturday. In the NBA, the Heat reportedly signed coach Eric Spolstra to a record extension, eight years, $120 million. It's the most committed money in North American coaching history. On the court, the Lakers edged the Raptors 132-131 to behind a 41.11 rebound double-double from Anthony Davis. And in college basketball, both number one and number Number two went down last night. Top-ranked Purdue fell at Nebraska. Number two, Houston, suffered their first loss at Iowa State. Now, this hour's West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. The West Alabama legislative delegation now has a full couple of other members with the special election Tuesday of Republican Brian Brindnard, who took 93% of the vote over Democrat Fayette County Commissioner John Underwood. The condemnation process has now been removed from that convenience store that was heavily damaged in the 2011 tornado on the southwest corner of 15th Street and McFarland Boulevard. And all of West Alabama highlighted in an area of slight two to five risk for strong to severe thunderstorms on Friday, including the possibility of tornado. Get 20 24- 7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play by play for Alabama Sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM at 1230 AM WTBC. I'm Gary Harris. Justin Jones is uh, right there on the other side of the glass, and he's uh, going to be taking your phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in the second hour at 205-342-9904. This hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients' integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. Clients and prospective clients are treated with respect and care. Our business is to take care of your needs. Call Paul Patterson in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike Comer in Northport at 205-759-3939. Patterson Comer Law Firm, the commitment to serve our clients, does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And coming up in the second hour, we do have a guest, Bart Heights on Hoops at 1030. We'll break down all the SEC basketball for you then. And um, also in the next segment, in the segment segment uh, two, 
We're going to have Nick, Sa- uh, Nick Saban. Nate Oates postgame press conference for you from last night following Alabama's victory over the South Carolina Gamecocks. The Crimson Tide taking care of South Carolina 74-47 with a dominant second half. We talked a lot about it in the uh, the first hour, but the Crimson Tide moving to 2-0 and in the SEC and now have a really good chance to be 4-0 and when they go to Tennessee on Saturday, January 20th because they've got Mississippi State this Saturday night in Starkville, 7.30 tip. State's not a bad team, but I think Alabama can win that game. And then next Tuesday night, the dreaded Tuesday night, 6 p.m. tip again. Gosh, dog it. Can't get away from those things. Against Mizzou. Uh, but those are, and certainly Alabama should be able to beat Missouri, Missouri at home. But that's important because uh, if you get to 4-0, you got a couple tough ones after that. You go to Tennessee on January 20th, a Saturday, and then you host Auburn on January 24th. Thankfully, that's a Wednesday 6.30 tip. So a little more fan-friendly. Because uh, they'll need a full house against Auburn. Because Auburn's good. And um, then all of a sudden, you you host, uh, you have your first Saturday night game on January 27th against a very improved LSU team. Uh, but still, Alabama's got a chance, I think, after these, you know, if they can get to 4-0, and let's say you lose at Tennessee, beat Auburn and LSU, you're 6-1 going to Georgia. Um, so this this Alabama team... Still has a has a chance to compete for the SEC championship. Now, you have to play Kentucky and you have to play Tennessee twice. So I think those are the two best teams in the league, and you don't miss either one of them. And not only do you not miss them, but you play Tennessee twice. So, you know, that's that's the that's the deal, uh, getting having to play Tennessee twice. So um, that could work against you because Tennessee is one of the favorites to win the league. But, you know, of course, you get, if you play somebody twice, you get them once at your place and once at their place. Same thing with Auburn. You play them twice. Uh, you know, everybody else, you you play um, you play once. And um, this, team, this team could still factor in the SEC. I don't think they're the best team in the SEC. But on nights that they hit their shots, um, and if they can guard a little bit, they can beat anybody. I think it's going to be interesting to hear what Coach Oates has to say because I think you're right, Gary. They, I know Coach talks about the potential of this team and what they can do going forward into the rest of the season and as we get into March. But, man, the lingering of not having a big man um, that is dominant in the paint and able to control and get boards is going to be – a constant battle through the rest of this season. Yeah, yeah, we'll be Justin. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, of course, we got to get Wagi back, and but Pringle really, I think, last night took a step in the right direction. He had not been playing well, but with Wagi out, he got the start. He actually got the hard hat, but he gave it to Diabate, who, who, who Oates praised in nine minutes. Mo Diabate really got some quality minutes. So maybe they found something last night with Wagi out. I, I do think that. Um, Pringle's a key to this team because he's such a he's such an athletic, quick jumper inside, and and then Mohamed Diabate, you know what is he six seven or eight somewhere in that range, but he's got a physical he's got a physical style. I mean, he's a guy that um, you know he has some yeah six seven two fifteen, so he reminds me a little bit of um, maybe not quite as talented offensively. Who was the guy that was around here that 
was from South Carolina, and they wind up, I think, transferring to Nebraska somewhere. Rashawn Geary, was that his name? Um, he kind of reminds me of him a little bit physically. He's kind of got, uh, you know, he's got that, got that, got that size. So uh, that's that's somebody maybe that that could help him. So this Alabama team's a good team, and uh, how good is going to remain to be seen. But boy, wouldn't it be something if you if you look up in in mid February and they're they're in the hunt for the SEC championship after they've won it two of the last three years. That would be best case scenario, but that would be really, really cool. Uh, as far as the Auburn Tigers, I mentioned, I, I really like Auburn this year. Uh, uh, you know, Phillip called in earlier and he's right. They're not as explosive offensively maybe as they've been in the past. But one thing they have is they have experience, they have size, they have depth, and obviously, when you play down at uh, Neville Arena, they've got an incredible home court advantage. They're a team that that very much is in the hunt for the SEC championship, too. So, obviously, like I said, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, uh, I like Alabama a lot. What about um, what about some other teams that could fact, factor in outside of those three? And, and, and I think Alabama could factor in, too. Uh, I don't know about A&M. Um, they're tough. They're always going to have a chance to win because of their defense and their point guard. But they're often 0-2 start, and they really are challenged offensively. I think it, South Carolina got exposed last night. Yeah, their record says that they're 13-2, and even after that loss. But look at who they've played. Uh, Ole Miss, um, you know, went 13-0 and and then got skull you know, drugged by, by Tennessee. Um, Mississippi State's a good team. Florida's a good team. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know outside of of those top three that I think are Tennessee, Kentucky, and Auburn, and then I think you got Alabama on the fringe. I don't know outside of that <clears throat> that I really see anybody that I think is an SEC championship contender. You know, Florida had a good game against Kentucky at home, but they lost. But they're 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 a pretty good team. Maybe they could factor in. I mean, Arkansas was dreadful, dreadful at home Saturday against Auburn. And, and this Arkansas team, now I know March is their time. They'll remind you, you know, that they get hot in March. But you got to make March matter. And right now, they just look like a team that that has way too many questions. Uh, again, I think Ole Miss is well coached with Chris Beard, but I think they benefited from a weak non-conference schedule. So I don't think there's that many teams in the league this year, Justin, that are good enough to – challenge for an SEC championship. Right now, I've got it at four, four teams. And I think I got Kentucky, Tennessee, and Auburn in that top tier. And then I got Alabama, you know, hovering. You know, if they could beat Tennessee, obviously, on the road. <laughs> that would, but, the, but, but I think Alabama's got enough. You know, LSU, um, you know, is off to a 2-0 and start in the league. I mean, you look at teams that are off to a 2-0 and start. We're already just down to four teams that are two and oh now Georgia and Tennessee are one and oh they could get there with wins tonight but um it's very early so everything's fluid and, and a lot could change but I think there are really just in my opinion four teams right now that are good enough to win the SEC Tennessee Kentucky and Auburn I put a little bit ahead of Alabama right now but I think Alabama is good enough to, to challenge so it'll be interesting all right it is uh 11 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock here on the Gary Harris Show. A reminder, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa has uh, no joining fee the entire month of January. Just go down, sign up, start paying your monthly membership. There's no fee to join at the YMCA during January. Brand new cardio equipment, state-of-the-art. It's uh, unbelievable. You have to experience it and see it to believe it, uh, whether it be your treadmills, your 
ellipticals, your bikes, all brand new equipment. It is beautiful and it is top of the line. So get by and see them at the YMCA 2300 13th Street. You can call them at 205-345-9622 or find out more at ymcatuscaloosa.org. And we'll be right back with more of the Gary Harris Show. We're going to get to those comments by Nate Oates following the win last night over the South Carolina Gamecocks. That's next here on the Gary Harris Show. Haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine today, the high close to 50 degrees. Clear tonight, the low 35. Tomorrow, partially sunny and warmer, the high 59. Friday, cloudy and windy with rain and thunderstorms. Storms on Friday could be severe, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 39 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Did you miss any episode on Tide 100.9? Don't worry. All of our shows can be found on Spotify and Apple Music and on demand on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten fifteen. welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones, Alabama basketball, tail of two halves last night, Crimson Tide, um, and quite frankly, in the first half, they weren't very good. They had a lead. Now, that was the good news. Uh, they played very poorly, but we're up a point at the half. But uh, in the second half, man, um, they uh, they took care of business in a big, big way and um, wound up winning the game 74-47 to over South Carolina. And head coach Nate Oates uh, had his post-game press conference last night, and we've got it for you now. Here's everything Coach Oates had to say following the Tide's win over the South Carolina Gamecocks. It's great to be back in uh, Coleman. It's great to have the students back. I thought they did an outstanding job. The energy was great from the crowd. Hopefully we can continue to play well and give them a good reason. They keep turning out because that, that energy we needed. So obviously it wasn't a good start. You know, South Carolina's confident team that's been winning. You know, I think Miles Studi had made the comment the SEC wasn't ready for South Carolina, which... We made sure we played for our guys. Uh, oh, we made the point. We, we've been the team that's been winning the SEC here lately, uh, not South Carolina. But they were confident. Like, they came in ready to play. Their coach done a great job. Paris, good coach. And they, they got us out of the gate. I didn't think we were ready to play. We had four turnovers, our first five possessions. They scored 13 quick ones on us. After we got settled in, you know, we, we did a really good job the rest of the first half. We did a great job. We had multiple four-minute battles between media timeouts where they didn't score a point in the second half. So that that's the defense we're looking for. 
moving forward, I did think they got a little tired. They're used to playing so slow when we ran them up and down a little bit. They, they had some guys that were gassed. That we, our guys said it. You know, they tried to call some timeouts to, to stem the tide a little bit. But our, our guys said, that, you know, they're tired. They're ready to crack. Like, let's crack them. I thought we did a good job. You know, in the past, coaches would call the timeout after we've gone on a run, and they go on a run. <clears throat> we didn't. We didn't do that tonight. Thought they called timeout. We come out of timeout, got stops, and kept the momentum going our way. So, big conference win. Just needed to go two and zero. We got a big one on the road at Mississippi State Saturday. They're they're going to be tough too. Yeah, what would your team be without Mark Sears? Not nearly as good as we are. I mean, he's you know first half he held us in there. I mean. We were struggling the first half to score and too many turnovers. So, you know, I, we, we played an awful first half. It's probably as bad a half as we played all year, and somehow we're still up one in large part due to Mark. And then, you know, I, Davin Cosby made a great point on the bench. He's like, you know, it kind of ends up with 31. Nobody realized he had 31. It's the most unselfish 31 points we've seen. So I thought he was making the right plays, moving the ball, being a great teammate, and Dylan's up with 31 points, so it kind of proves you can play the right way, move the ball, and when you're as talented as he is, you still end up with 31 points. I mean, he's super efficient. He goes six of eight from three, doesn't miss a free throw, 10 of 13 from the field. It doesn't get much better than that. And I thought his defense, I mean, when he's locked into the game and playing defense like he did, uh, and offensively, he's, you know, he, he's one of the best guards in the country. Do you have an update on Mo and if he's going to be out for any extended time? How do you kind of deal with that? Uh, he's kind of week to week. He's got his, his right foot that he uh, had had the surgery on. So we um, he, he just kind of flared up. You know, we needed to rest him. He's been out of practice the last couple of days, didn't play tonight. We'll see if see if we can get him right. We've got a day off tomorrow, see if what we can do by Saturday. Was that surgery recently? No, it was over the summer, right when he got here. Coach, you mentioned the defense in your opening. Just what changed, and how do you sustain that moving forward? Yeah, I thought our energy changed in the second half. You know, how do we sustain it? Uh, I think to get, it's a lot more fun to play that way, so hopefully the guys want to sustain their energy. You know, we, we went to a little bit more switching. You know, I, I thought Mo Diabate came. Now, we, we, we started the half out great, so it wasn't like he came in and got a stops. But I did think him and Nick's energy was really – driving us you know we were getting beat up on the glass pretty good in the first half so you know Diabate comes in gets six rebounds in just over nine minutes so you know I thought him and Pringle's energy toughness really made a big difference for us you know we ended up shoot I don't know what was it 19-12 on the glass at the half so what did we end up with 36 some quick math was it 24 to 12 is that what it was in the second half there you go High school math teacher, some quick math. So we doubled them up in the second half on the glass. I, uh, I, I look, and that was in large part to Mo Diabate playing as tough. I mean, he gets six rebounds, so he had a fourth of our rebounds in the second half, like in nine minutes. So you know, you can look to see him to get a few more minutes here and there because if he's going to play that tough and we're lacking some toughness right now, we we got we got to get him in a little bit more. Um, earlier this season, you've kind of talked about how the team struggled keeping their foot on the gas with the lead. Obviously, that didn't happen tonight. What did you see that was maybe different from other games tonight where they were able to uh, continue to build that lead? I thought the effort 
thought they, I, like I had Coach Murphy from softball come talk to them uh, yesterday. The the whole Mudita, like having genuine joy, vicarious joy through your teammates' success. I thought we had that tonight. I thought guys were you saw all the guys in the huddle attack. Mo Diabate coming in, he's playing great. It's a kid that hasn't played much. It's had an unbelievable attitude. And they were happy as can be. Nick Pringle won the hard hat. As soon as I gave it to him, he turned around, flipped it, put it on Mo's head, kind of anointed Mo as the hard hat winner. He, Mo would have won it if you went hard hat points per per minute. So, you know, I, I, I loved it. thought Nick was a great leader, showed the right stuff. I, I think our effort stayed great. We kept playing for each other. The ball kept moving. When you play unselfish, you take care of the ball, and you play defense like that. We're one of the best teams in the country. Uh, yesterday, you talked about how you wanted to see more competitiveness from your players. How do you think they responded to that tonight? The start of the game wasn't where it needed to be. After we got down, I thought it was pretty good. I thought we competed on defense the last half, even a little bit more than the last half of the first half, and then I thought the second half was – I mean, they had 10 points in the second half with four minutes and some change to go. So we, 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 we were very competitive, competed hard for probably the last 35 minutes or so of that game. We just, we got to, I don't know if we got to make a change to, with the group to start or the starters just got to get it together a little bit more to start the game out. But I thought for 35 minutes we competed pretty hard. 47 points is almost a season low. South Alabama scored 46. This is obviously a league game. I mean, is this the best defensive game of the year for you guys, at least in terms of avoiding the lapses where you give up a run? A hundred percent. It's it, it to me. It's the best. If we take out the first four to five minutes, and again, when you turn the ball over four out of your first five possessions, you don't help your defense out. So if you take away the, the beginning of the game, I, I think by far, probably the last 35, 36 minutes of this game, it's it's by far been our best defensive performance of the year. Uh, Coach Grant Nelson with no points tonight. However, he had a couple of big steals. He had a couple of big rebounds for you guys. Even though if he's not scoring offensively, how big of his presence for you guys? How crucial is that? Yeah, I mean, he's got great size. He can, you know, he's athletic. He can move. We, we need him to get a little tougher and go get some more offensive rebounds. You know, he's played 24 minutes. We need him to come up with some offensive boards and make a difference that way. You know, Mo Diabate kind of came in and did that for it. We need Grant to play with some physicality like that, but He's athletic. He wants to help the team in any way possible. He's a great kid. You know, the steals, the rim protection, because he can block shots. He had the one block shot. It was a big block shot. You know, we we got to get some more rim protection. Nick had two, which was great. But, I, I like, Grant. Grant's going to help us. There's going to be games where he scores 20. we just, we got to get him going. Though. Right now, he, he's, he's a guy we really need to get going here. Coach, um, Aaron said that if, if Mark plays like this, you guys have the chance to be the, one of the best teams in the country. You've seen a team that's been the best in the country in last year. Do you believe that, that this team with this defensive performance and number one going like that can be one of the best teams in the country? Yeah, no, I 100% believe it. I mean, we've played with the best team. and We were up nine on Purdue in the second half with a over a 75% chance of winning the game in the second half. We just... We got to compete every possession. Like, and I thought Mark competed every possession. If we if we take if we took care of the ball tonight, I mean, the turnovers really hurt your defense and your offense both. Like, and we have not had issues up until SEC play with turnovers like this. So we we got to. I mean, 
you know, Aaron's got to take care of the ball a little bit better for us. Ryland's got to take care of it. So, you know, some of our better players got to do a little bit better job taking care of the ball. But if we take care of the ball on offense and we can guard like we did for the last 36 minutes of this game, I do believe we're one of the best teams in the country. And we, have, we haven't gotten a quality win. I, I think we're still at zero quad one wins. But we played with Purdue, who's number one in the country. Arizona's been number one in the country. We're up, up on them where they had to call a timeout in the second half. Like, you know, we've been up on Creighton in the second half, at least six. They're one of the better teams in the country. You know, Clemson, just we've got to close those games. You know, if, if we have those four wins, which we don't, we'd be talking a whole different deal. But we've been up on them and felt like we should have won the games, could have won the games, and we just we got to do a better job closing. And, and Mark was talking about it in the half. Like, our last 12 minutes of our games have not been good. We hit the under 12 media timeout, and he, the under 12, like, he did a great job being a leader, talking about it. We got to get stops, and I, I thought we did a pretty good job that that under 12 and under 8 media timeout. Yeah, Coach Lamont Paris said he believed that double technical was instigated by your bench. Were you given an explanation for that call there in the second half? Uh, they said that our our guys were kind of talking. I mean, there's a lot of talking. They they that run they came out of the uh, game 13. There's their guys were yelling at our bench for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, they made the statement the SEC isn't ready for them. I guess we'll see if the SEC is ready for them. This SEC team was ready for them. So they, they, they were talking an awful lot during the game. I, I don't I don't condone us talking to the other team off the bench, but they, I, I heard what their guys were saying right out of the gate. So that quick 13-point run in the uh, beginning of the game didn't, didn't last very long. All right, great stuff from Nate Oates. And um, I like that right at the end. Um, you know, you got uh, they had a couple of double technicals. The South Carolina guys were mouthing off. And why you would come in there and talk about the SEC's not ready for you after you have you beat Mississippi State at home. Uh, but all right, what Oates said, hey, we were ready for them. <laughs> you know, in that second half, Alabama blitzed South Carolina. All right, it's 1028, and uh, we're going to get to the break and come back. And, and finally, a guest. Uh, this is very rare that I go an hour and a half without a guest. I, I, Justin, I guess, because you've helped me out. I guess, though, it does um, speak to my ability to talk, to be able to do an hour and a half with no guests. But, hey, we got a good one coming up next. Bart Heights. Uh, we're going to continue the basketball theme. It's basketball season. Heights on Hoops next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tune in to Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and fill 
feel good about your money. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup, salad, or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. basketball we're talking basketball and uh, when we do that we love to talk with bart heitch heitch on hoops joins us now to break it all down in the sec it is basketball season make no mistake they play basketball in november and december but it's really january and february when it cranks up sec play is here we're only two games in well really every team hasn't played two games three more um games tonight but we kind of get an early feel for what it's going to look like good morning bart Morning. How you doing, my friend? Doing well. Uh, let's start. Let's start breaking it down before we look ahead to tonight. Let's uh, let's look at what we saw last night, and let's start with uh, with Alabama. Um, Oates said after the game that the first half against South Carolina might have been the, their worst first half of basketball this this season, and uh, I you know have a hard time disagreeing with that. They 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 were miserable. Somehow they had a lead, a one point lead at the half. Uh, 30 to 29, but in that second half, 44 to 18, uh, they absolutely blitzed South Carolina. Uh, Mark Sears had 31, a uh, really good game for him, and uh, he continues to, to be the leading scorer in the Southeastern Conference. And and when you look at um, the fact that Grant Nelson didn't even score in the game, I mean, he, he had his worst game of his Alabama career. He's been struggling lately. That's something they're going to have to figure out, I think, going forward. But uh, Pringle got the start for uh, Wagi out with a foot, kind of reestablished himself. Uh, Diabate gave him some minutes off the bench. But in the second half, they really guarded a team that struggles to score anyway. And and I'm rambling on here, so I'm going to let you take it. But tell two halves last night in Tuscaloosa. Completely tell two halves. Uh, and this, you know, I, I was uh, I was actually at a, at a uh, dinner event and didn't have sound on where I was watching the game. And I was just in the first half, I was sitting there and I paid attention here and there. I, I was like, man, Alabama's just not playing good. They're just not, they can't guard the rim. They can't just, you know, the same old, same old, same old, same old. And then all of a sudden, occasionally you'll see the analytics, you'll see the shooting ability, you'll see the way that team, this team is coached. And when it happens at home and Alabama starts making shots, look, I've been saying this for a while, Gary, you know, we always talk about, you know, Auburn, I think, is definitely the toughest place to play. Uh, in the SEC. I mean, over the last few years, I think people, you know, fear all going to Auburn like they used to fear going to Arkansas. But I'm going to tell you something now. Alabama ain't far behind that place when they get going. And that crowd gets into it. There's a bas- basketball belief among Alabama basketball fans now. But what I saw last night from Alabama is I saw the energy. I saw the crowd. I saw what Nate Oates has done in the last three years, creating all the excitement he has. But I saw Mark Sears emerge as you know, one of your top two or three guys in the league, uh, player of the year candidate. Um, if Alabama goes where a lot of people want them to go, continue to be, as they have the last couple of years, 
it's going to have to be Mark Sears this year. There's no Brandon Miller. Um, yeah, you got guys like Grant Nelson, uh, that these other newcomers um, coming in. But I just don't – I don't – I think it's going to be Sears, man. I think he's going to have to have some big games on the road. I don't think Alabama will make as many shots because it's like well, we had Ron Slay on this morning, player of the year Tennessee, SEC Network, uh, earlier, and he was just talking about the fact that it's going to go this way for Alabama some because of the analytics and because of the way they shoot it. But what happens when you're on the road and those shots don't fall? But what about South Carolina in the second half? I mean, everybody's talking about Alabama's offense. What happened to South Carolina? I mean, they couldn't score. Um, you know, it makes Mississippi State fans be like, wait, you know, what's really going on with Alabama? What's going on with us? What's going on? But you're going to see this, Gary. You're going to see blowouts at times in this league. You saw one. Ole Miss was undefeated against Tennessee. You see by 30. Mm-hmm. Right? You're going to see these type things happen occasionally in a very a league full of parity um, with teams that understand you have to protect your home court. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree there. I think that uh, you, if you're going to be a if you're going to be a contender in this league, you certainly have to to win your home games. And then, like you said, you got to find a way to win some some on the road. I mentioned Grant Nelson though. This is problematic. And listen, I I've admitted this even before the season started. I admitted that I got a little carried away. Uh, watched his video <laughs> at North Carolina. You know, first I'm I'm talking about Tom Chambers and twenty and ten, and, and I'd gotten down to fifteen and eight before the before the season. But uh, and he played against some good competition. But this is a step up every night um, sure for him. At the same time, twenty four minutes. 0 for 3 from the field. The fact that he shot three times tells you that he's lost his confidence a little bit. 0 for 2 from, from 3. Just three rebounds, though, uh, in, in 24 minutes and no points. Um, I, listen, he's probably not going to be a 15 and 8 guy, but he's got to be better than that in this league if Alabama's going to be the team that they feel like they can be, right? I mean, he, he can't, you can't get that poor performance uh, from, from Grant Nelson. I don't expect him to go scoreless, but I never expected that he would ever go scoreless. The fact that he played 24 minutes and didn't score is kind of shocking to me. And, and, and body language was uh, was kind of iffy, you know what I'm saying? But, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if it has to be Grant Nelson, um, but it's got to be somebody, right? You're not just going to be able to depend on Estrada and Sears to just get bucket after right. bucket after bucket. Tough buckets at the same time, undersized guards, going left, that's one thing. I will say this about South Carolina, one thing that Mississippi State did a horrible job of exploiting is South Carolina's lack of link on the, on the perimeter. Um, typically, you're going to have a position that you can go big here. They're like, if Auburn goes big and puts Jalen Williams at the two, right? I know that sounds crazy, but what guards are going to guard him? You can't go small. And I think Alabama, I think Alabama at times on the road could have against you know elite defensive teams. Um, but in the first half, Gary, I'm sitting here thinking, texting with people saying, man, South Carolina might be elite defensively. I mean, they got destroyed in the second half. So, you know, a lot of crazy things happen. Uh, but does he have to get going? Well, you put a lot of eggs in that basket, right? Mm-hmm. But if Nelson, and I think he will, but if he, it's the aggressiveness, man. If you're 0 for 3, you got to get a free throw lock. You know, you somehow got to find a way to get your confidence. And that's what I would suggest. I, I would suggest, especially at the side, figure out a way. The physicality is tough, man. I, I understand that. But when you're long, um, and, and you crafty, get to the free throw line and see a couple go in and that conference will start coming back. He's too good of a player to, to put up donuts, though, and I think you'll see NATO really challenge him. Huge game coming up this weekend on the road. I expect Grant, uh, Grant Nelson to play well in Starville this weekend. All right, also last night, um, 
down at Auburn, uh, A&M, which I was stunned that they got handled the way they did at home against LSU, but um, A&M can guard. Um, you know, got a good point guard, so they're probably going to have a chance in, in most games. Uh, they're challenged offensively, there's no doubt about it. You know, they take a lead there um, midway through the second half at Auburn, and, you know, looked like they'd have a chance. And then down the stretch, I mean, other than getting to some, you know, free throws, they they just couldn't score. <laughs> I mean, literally could not score. And and I think Auburn's pretty good defensively, but I thought that was – when watching some of that game in the sports office last night, I thought that was more on A&M. I mean, they just – sometimes they just struggle to even get a shot. Uh, Bart, it's it's just it, – you know, as good as they are defensively, as hard as they play, as good a coach as Buzz is, when you're that limited offensively, man, you, your, your margin for error is, is, is slight, even if you're good defensively. I, I just – Sometimes on offense, on offense, man, they just look lost. Well, they don't have some pieces to play through as they did uh, as they did last year. And I think what you've seen happen with A and M is they've become so one on one guard oriented with either driving the basketball and finishing. You don't see a lot of dribble pitches from A and M. It's either dribble, attack the rim, get an offensive rebound. You know, you got a couple of left handed guys they really like to attack with. It's crazy how you see that in the SEC now. Um, I've been harping on that for years, how important left-handed guys are. Alabama knows that as well as anybody. I'm just having multiple, multiple guys that attack in a different way. Mm-hmm. But they don't have anybody. Like, Bradford's not really a guy. Um, they don't have anybody that's coming off that ball screen and really creating um, other than Taylor. And Taylor is getting so much attention, Gary. People are getting the ball out of his hand. That's what Auburn did last night. And then when you, I mean, when you get doubled, it's athletic defenders that understand this guy can't beat us. Um, it's kind of like doubling a number one receiver in the mm-hmm, NFL, right. uh, or like uh, Michigan did a dunes the other night a lot of the time. You've got to figure out other ways. And um, I, I was impressed with Aub. So impressed with Auburn, man. I think. I mean, they're oh yeah, they're good. Two or three teams really in the league. Good. They're yeah. good. Now, now everybody's going to have their chance. You know. Um, and I think Auburn will slow it down a little bit. I love the way they're playing, but Auburn has struggled against A and M, Gary. Especially oh, yeah. Auburn's had Auburn. their number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had their number, and he plays zone against them. A and M went to that zone. That game trended exactly like it always does. You usually see A and M take the free throw battle. Auburn played them without fouling last night. That was the thing that was so big in the second half. A and M couldn't get the free throw line. If buzz teams can't get to the line with their lack of outside shooting. A&M may be one of those teams that we're looking up to, oh, wait a minute, because they got Kentucky going in, coming in this weekend, and then they go to Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. A&M could start 0-4 game. Yeah, good, very easily. Very easily, good. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, and You know, like you said, you Taylor can't beat you by himself, and boy, Auburn did a great job on him last night, that's for sure. Kentucky uh, kind of right on – what you've been saying about them and Missouri was game last night. Missouri hung in there, but man, Kentucky's got a lot of options and they, they wind up hanging 90 on the Tigers in, in, in Rupp and, and they're only going to get better. I mean, you see it every game with this Kentucky team. Uh, they could be scary good by the end of the season. They could be scary, scary, good, Gary. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, they are. And it's just crazy how he just is letting them play. They don't run a lot of stuff, man. They just – it looks sporadic. And then all of a sudden, you get one little crease in the basket, and it's just wide open. Somebody's going to make a play. Um, And they got different – but the length, man. 
that was last night. You know, Missouri, Missouri's not bad, but they still just really have a problem on the interior. I mean, if you remember last year, you know, we all loved Kobe Brown from Alabama, but he was their best rim protector. You know, they've added the big seven five seven six guy, but he can't play a ton of minutes. You know, and you can get him in ball screen situations. So that's still a problem for Missouri. I expected this from uh, from Kentucky, but the thing that's crazy is, Gary, they're scoring a lot of points. I mean, they got seven, eight, nine guys, and they're scoring up in the 80, 85, 90 range. You know, they're consistently getting buckets. Dillingham is a score. Reeves is a score. Shepard can get hot. I mean, these guys, uh, Wagner, or, uh, uh, is it Wagner? Is that thing? Yeah. Uh, or Mitchell. Um, dude, I'm, I think they can run through this league. If you look at their schedule, they're always going to get everybody, everybody's best shot. There's a couple of games that I think will be problematic. I don't expect Kentucky to lose very much, Gary. I really don't. I don't either. And also last night, uh, what do you make of LSU? I mean, they're 2-0 and in the league. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Vanderbilt, much like the Alabama game, they they hung in there, made a little run. But uh, but LSU, I, I was shocked they won at A&M. But uh, they're 2-0. and Might be fool's goal, but uh, I'm sure they'll take it. Oh, absolutely they'll take it right now. You know, we were talking about they were 12 out of 14 teams, had an opportunity staring Looking in the tur- looking the tournament down the face, and LSU wasn't in anybody no. on anybody's radar. Um, nobody was talking about them, you know. And, and we all just, or I did. I said, "Oh yeah, A and M will get all this turned around. It'll be just fine. It'll be uh, buzz being buzz, and we'll go from there." Nobody expected to uh, see Mr. Cook come in the league um, at LSU, and last night he goes ten of nineteen from the field. Ten of nineteen. I think his third or fourth game back, and he has 28. Um, having, tw- having 28 in an SEC game is is not that easy to do. I don't care who you are. He's a difference maker. And then you add right, and then now they're guarding people. And if you start looking at the rebounding totals, that's been the biggest thing. LSU's rebounding the ball. Um, and I just I think they, again, a lot of this is going to come down to when we go down to the in, at course of this year. LSU's got to go to Auburn this weekend. They're probably going to lose this weekend, and it'll probably be bad. But then they got Ole Miss at home. They got A&M at home, and they go to Georgia before going to Alabama. Believe it or not, this LSU team could lose this weekend and end up being four, five, and two going to Tuscaloosa, and that is just crazy to me. But it shows when you have a guy, when you have one guy in any league that just – can elevate himself and go mm-hmm. get buckets above everybody else, it shows what kind of difference maker that is, and that's what you see. So LSU right now, yeah, let's – but, you know, we've said it here. Games like that LSU Ole Miss game, games like Ole Miss Florida, um, the, these are the type games that if you want to get in that tournament, you know, South Carolina, Mississippi State, South Carolina winning at home. you got to win these games, and you got to win a lot of them at home. And, Right now, nobody's happier or more surprised to be 2-0 um, probably than LSU in the SEC. Bart Heitz on Hoops with us. Uh, let's get to tonight, and we'll start with number 5 Tennessee in Starkville to take on your Bulldogs. Mississippi State uh, had an opportunity at South Carolina to get a road win. They didn't, and you want to take care of your home court, like you said, but probably couldn't open up with, you know, Maybe you could argue Kentucky or Auburn, but you, certainly Tennessee is one of the best teams in the league, and and you gotta you gotta hit it tonight and uh, come out and try to play and and see if you can knock them off. 
Well, I'm either going to be really, uh, really right or really wrong about Tennessee, and they'll probably catch up with me tonight if I've been wrong. But I just thought they were the same Tennessee as they have been. Now, Dawson Connect is a difference maker because he's inside out. He can do different things. He can really stretch the defense. Obviously, still have Vestavy. Ziegler has been making shots. When those three guys are shooting it, they're pretty good, Gary. But um, the Ole Miss game, Ole Miss hadn't really played against that type of physicality. They hadn't been on the road. It was a league matchup. Um, and Tennessee destroyed Ole Miss on the boards. 19 offensive rebounds out rebounded them 47 to 24. That is that is domination on the road in the oh, SEC yeah. that like nobody wants a part of having to feel that demoralized. There's two things in basketball that I don't know which one's worse. I think I've told you this, Gary. Would you rather not be able to get the ball up the court and turn it over every time, or would you rather not be able to get a rebound? <laughs> and the, both those things are dynamic. But mm. this Mississippi State team, um, this is the this is the biggest opportunity of the year in Starville tonight. I'm headed over uh, here in a little bit, but it's you, it's a top five team. You win this game, everybody shuts up and goes back to oh yeah, but they got that Tennessee win. Oh yeah, but they got that Tennessee win, and it's at home. These are opportunities. Alabama's probably you know I don't know if Alabama be ranked um, being two and zero. But they're number seven in the Ken Palm. They got five losses. So these next two games, actually, from Mississippi State, and I'll actually be on, uh, I'll be on a, 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 some radio stuff for the Alabama game this weekend. But Gary, maybe I'm a homer. Maybe it's me and my heart. I like states and not at home. I think they can contend with the link, but you got to make shots. I will say this about state right now. One thing I'm seeing is. Coach Jed has got to make a decision on some veteran guys playing a bunch of minutes together. What I mean by that is when you have Cam Matthews and you have DJ Jeffries on the floor together, it, that's been proven that's not always a dynamic offensive solution. Yes. Also, when you have Shaq Moore and Rams Davis, the guards from last year, excellent defensively, maybe I've said top two on a team in the league collectively, but it kills you offensively and you can't score. Keyshawn Murphy's got to play. Kid from Ramsey, kid from Alabama. He is a dynamic difference maker, and uh, and he just the foul trouble and didn't get caught, could, just couldn't get in the flow of the game. That was another thing that hurt me to stay on the road in South Carolina. But I think for State to win tonight, you're going to have to see a couple of guys come off the bench. Josh Hubbard obviously will have to be Josh Hubbard. Um, Ziegler and those guys will be very physical with him, but I still expect Josh Hubbard. Josh Hubbard is a stud. He'll be freshman all SEC. But I also think you got to see Keyshawn Murphy come off that bench tonight and really play well. And I mean to the point of like a 12-10 and 10 performance, three or four assists, you play through him, that he's a different type guy. Um, and now that Tolu's back, when you play those two together and you have an outside big that can shoot the basketball and pass it the way Keyshawn Murphy can in the high-low setting to get it to Tolu, going to have to see that more because the Bulldogs cannot keep going through these stretches where they can't score. All right. Uh, we saw a little bit with South Carolina last night. Of course, they were on the road. Uh, you know, we, you, you and I have talked about this. Your pre-conference schedule can can be deceiving a little bit. And uh, Ole Miss at home tonight against Florida, uh, unbeaten, and as you said, just got annihilated. Nobody's surprised they lost to Tennessee. As you alluded to, I think everybody's surprised at the way that it happened. But they'll try to bounce back tonight at home against a, a really pretty solid Florida team. They will, and it's just it's typical for what you're gonna have, what you, what we're gonna see in this uh, in this league. You're gonna have to win games at home. For Ole Miss, they just couldn't they couldn't do anything. 
I mean, it was you got punched in the mouth, and you just you just there there was there was really no resistance. They're outside shooting still. Um, kind of scares me. I don't know if they, if they can consistently make enough you know shots. They have they when they really have to lean on Breakfield, uh, Gary, and like when he's really the only guy that, that's scoring a lot. You know, it's going to be difficult. But, like, how many times, Gary? Again, no no offense, but how many times have we seen Alan Flanagan go four for 12? You know, in games, on the road in his career. Right, not much. Um, and I, and I, no, 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 I'm saying we have. Like, but we haven't seen him. It wasn't four for 12. He wasn't shooting it 12 times. <laughs> he was shooting it six or seven going two for seven. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, and I just – the consistency there. My point is, you got to have two guys. You got to have three guys. The guard play's been great. Murray just Murray missed a bunch of shots the other night. Um, I, I'm not sold yet. I'm not sold on the physicality um, and the inside presence that you have to have in this league, especially night in, night out on the boards. I'm not sure if Ole Miss has that yet. I actually expect them to get upset at home tonight by Florida. Yeah, I would be surprised Again, either. Yeah. Todd Golden's team can play, man, but at the same time, they both have the same problem. Neither one of these teams are great rebounding teams. Whoever wins that battle and gets a body on somebody, um, that's who that's who's gonna that's who's gonna win this game. Free throws, free throw makes, rebounding, offensive rebounds especially and putbacks. That's a huge key to the game tonight, Marcus. And Bar, real quickly on Arkansas, George, Arkansas got absolutely just annihilated at home by Auburn. Yeah. Uh, George is a team that I, I haven't watched them a ton. I can't really make out what to expect from Georgia. So what do you expect from this game tonight in Athens? I mean, I, I think everybody's going to be expecting, oh, Arkansas will be over. I, people might need to be a little shaky um, in Arkansas right now. He, he's had some different guys come back. I say, look what happens to LSU. When they get their stud back, and then or, or when they get their uh, stud eligible, and then all of a sudden it happens. Arkansas and Minnesota, he puts up thirty-one. Everybody's this, that, whatever, and then Auburn comes in and just steamrolls you. I also think that has a lot to do with Auburn, but I'm just not sure. I'm not sure this Arkansas team can consistently score enough um, and make open outside jump shots uh, at the clip that you know, Alabama can, mm-hmm. Auburn can, Kentucky can. Um, when you know, we've seen actually Tennessee make some shots, so I, I don't, I don't know if they can do that. But Georgia's going to give them the opportunity because Mike White's going to get in his man-to-man. He's going to play a pack line. He's going to double every. He's going to double ball screens. He's going to double the post, and he's going to make Arkansas make offensive jump shots. I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm bullish on this Michael White team, and I'm not going to give you a lot of names. I'm just going to say I'm bullish because it's Michael White. And when you've played in the league, I played against the guy for four years, he and Keith Carter both. And when you – those guys like Ole Miss, Georgia, though, don't, you, there's a reason those programs are coming up um, and winning games and popping up. You know, these guys know basketball. They've seen so much basketball in this league, mm-hmm. Gary. When's the last time – I mean, there was only three-year span, four-year span maybe, that Michael White hasn't been in the SEC since 1996. Think about that. <laughs> the guy knows his stuff. And so, like, when that's the case, he knows different teams. He knows tendencies. He knows how to beat Arkansas. Yep. Go back and look at Michael White's uh, record as a coach or player at Ole Miss against Arkansas. 
I like the Bulldogs tonight, Georgia. I hear you. Right. All right, Bart, man, we went we went over. Um, so I'm uh, gonna have to wrap it quick. But look forward yeah. to visiting with you again next week, and I know you'll be all over the place this week. So, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll be at the game Saturday. Are uh, you coming over Saturday? I don't know yet. Uh, well, if you do, let me know. Okay. But I have I've got the area tournament scheduled. I will get back with you, listeners. Gary Harris, if he's still willing and interested, gonna be my partner to do the uh, the Class Six A regional, or excuse me, Class Six A area tournament in early February. We're gonna get the dates, but that's Northridge Central. Uh, Hillcrest and uh, and just going to be in Bryant, just an amazing area. Looking so forward to it. Thank you, Bart. Thanks, bro. All right, let's take a break. Come back, wrap it up real quickly. We'll do that after this. Hey, this is Ride 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine today, the high close to 50 degrees. Clear tonight, the low 35. Tomorrow, partially sunny and warmer, the high 59. Friday, cloudy and windy with rain and thunderstorms. Storms on Friday could be severe, the high 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 41 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to jump into any of the shows? Call Tide 100.9 right now at 205-342-9904. Well, somebody answer that damn phone! That's 205-342-9904. 57, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. A reminder, you can get your 4th and Milro print right now at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. Greg Gamble. A print ready for framing. Beautiful. Uh, he has them both signed and unsigned at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Catch me on the uh, sports night on local TV on WVUA 23. And back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show. we got a jam-packed show coming up. Miller's Edge is coming up next. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Have a great day, everybody. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.